listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's a big world out there, and you're just looking for a pat on the back or head. You run around the city, searching for a place to bark, working your tail off with your nose to the ground, sniffing for a few scraps, hoping someone will throw you a bone. You take each lead, collar after collar, hoping one day to take a bite out of success and become the top dog. Fortunately, you come home each day to open arms, open cans, a drink waiting for you, and a comfortable place in front of a TV set. You know you've got it good, really good, because after all, it's a doggy dog world out there. Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with your host, pet expert, and award-winning author, Liz Palaika, and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Welcome to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm your host, Liz Palaika, and with me today are my good friends, Petra Burke. Hello. <laughs> and Kate Abbott <laughs> from Kindred Spirits Canine Education Center in Vista, California. Last week we talked about uh, traveling safety with your dog in the car, how to keep him safe, how to uh, prevent accidents, how to prevent your dog from causing an accident by landing in your lap while you're driving, and many other safety issues regarding a vehicle. Today we're going to continue on that subject, talking about safety, but we're going to take it outside. Let's talk about safety issues in the uh, in the area around you, perhaps foxtails and burrs or bees or fire ants, or if you're traveling, when you go camping with your dog, do you know what hazards there are in that area? Or if you're moving to a new home, you know, should you talk to your neighbors? What, what hazards are there for your dog? So we're gonna talk about that today. First, we need to have a message from our sponsors, so hold on, we'll be right back. Sit, stay. It's a doggy dog world. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Does your dog have problems walking with its back legs? If so, your dog is one of 58 million dogs that suffer with problems with its rear leg. Problems such as spinal myelopathy, arthritis, and hip dysplasia. Bottoms Up Leash helps your dog walk. It's a rear support harness that has won numerous awards, such as Dog Fancy's Editor's Choice Award, as Product of the Year, and it's been featured on CBS and Good Morning America. Visit the website www.seniorpetsupplies.com. Pick up something unique at a Bone to Pick Dog Boutique. A Bone to Pick has cool hip fashions for big and small dogs that will have their tails wagging in style. Cat products too. A-B-O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-K.com. Check out our eco-friendly pet products and gifts for humans too. A-B-O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-K.com. Get your pet's mouth watering monthly with our Gourmet Treat of the Month Club. And join a Bone to Pick's free birthday club for your puppy. A-B-O-N-E dash to dash p-i-c-k dot com pick up something special for your best friend at a bone to pick a-b-o-n-e dash t-o dash p-i-c-k dot com get 10% off with coupon code petlife New York, the glitz, the glamour, the exciting Muttropolis, the sparkling kitty city that never sleeps join us each week for Pets in the City 
with your host, Diane West. Celebrity pet sightings, hot events, and news and reviews with the hottest movers, shakers, and tail waggers in New York. So take a bite out of the Big Apple with Pets in the City. Every week, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're begging for more. So back to It's a Doggy Dog World with your fetching hosts, Liz Palaika and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Welcome back to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm Liz. With me today are Petra and Kate, and we're going to talk about some safety issues. I think Petra can give us our first story, though, because she had a really, really scary episode with uh, her Pomeranian, Mm. Keely. Yeah, all of us have bees around the house, you know, and it's normal. You get them in the trees and the plants and stuff. Well, we had an old abandoned owl box, and it's been there for a couple years. Well, the owls moved out, the bees moved in, and initially they were just the regular honeybees. No, no, no problems whatsoever. Um, then, uh, gosh, what, a few months ago, we were redoing a goat pen that's located below this pole that the box was on. Tapped on the pole... Heard buzzing. It was my dad, my mom, my aunt. We all looked up and then we just yelled, run! And a swarm of bees. Now at this point, didn't know what type of bees yet. This came down. I had the Pomeranian out. She's always by my side. So we all ran, including her. Well, my mom got stung a few times. My dad, luckily I hadn't. My aunt hadn't, but wasn't sure on the palm. So I had my daughter brush through and said, check her out completely with her heavy coat. Make sure there's no bees in there, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if she was stung when never found a stinger. I don't know if she just snapped at it and maybe swallowed one. But all I know, my daughter came out. She was trying to shove pieces of Benadryl down her throat. Keely came out the house, went to the front yard, and collapsed. And at th- that moment, I thought, oh, God, she's either got stung or she swallowed something. Grabbed her, limp body, gums were turning blue, scared the living heck out of me. And I thought, okay, I know what to do. So I started CPR. And I ran with this poor little limp dog, ran up to my neighbor next door, knowing theirs is dog savvy as us. My parents wouldn't know what to do. (laughs) No offense, mom and dad. (laughs) But ran up there and immediately as I'm running into their house, yelling at what's going on, still giving CPR to Keely, put her on the counter. And we're thinking, okay, we got to put something down her throat. We have to open her airway. And... Good old Starbucks straw. (laughs) Thanks, Starbucks. (laughs) But it's nice and wide. And um, we just uh, clipped a piece, and I held her neck as straight as I can. And uh, Annie had slowly and gently put the straw down and blew in it a few times as I'm doing chest compressions. And all of a sudden, we hear this little breathing coming through straws. Like, oh, thank God. In the meantime, Katie, my friend, is on the phone calling the ER vet. And seeing what we could do, because it's a distance to get there. How can we stabilize her? Well, luckily she was. She was relaxed. She was breathing. We threw her in the car, took her there. The Benadryl, was, something got down her throat, because it kicked in enough. It started opening her airway. The straw came out. She was breathing on her own. And uh, the vet said, well, I explained to the vet what we had done. He said, you literally saved your dog's life. So that made me very proud. But it was very scary. I mean, to see everything just turn blue. She was limp as can be. And all I thought of, it was my first time doing CPR on a dog. But I remember, you know, having, I don't know, class or something years and years ago. Not to breathe too hard because it's a little, you know, little lungs. Little, little bitty, dog. tiny lungs. Yep. 
But she now, unfortunately, is terrified of anything flying around her. And you can understand why. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So yep. there's a couple lessons here. One, the Africanized bees are moving in everywhere. Oh, that's one thing. And, and yes, we did find out they were Africanized. We had a bee guy come. We wanted them to remove the whole hive. Right. He said he couldn't. They were Africanized. He had to destroy them. Right. And, and that's basically what we found out. Now, he said, thank goodness we did, because we also have livestock. Goat, chicken, horses, and, and been known other dogs. Yep. And he says they will have eventually have swarmed and have killed your other animals. Yeah. And, and who knows, maybe my daughter or me, if we're on that, they're not paying attention. Sure. They've you know, next bulls. door. Yeah, yeah, next door. They've got a dozen horses, you know, yeah. and there's other people with goats. So they could have swarmed not just my house. Well, and your the neighbors. people behind you and the houses behind you have small kids. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So the Africanized bees have moved in everywhere. Also, having that CPR knowledge. And we've talked about having the classes here at Kindred Spirits, and we're still working on that. You can contact the Red Cross in your area. They do have pet CPR classes, and that's what we're working to get here at Kindred Spirits. You can look at it in your area. Talk to the Red Cross. Humane Society. Some of them also sponsor CPR. Sure, sure. Pet health classes. It is worth it. You it's never know it. when you're, I mean, basic first aid, you know, if your dog gets injured, cut. But I tell you, when it came to the situation, thank goodness. The other thing is, is always have Benadryl on hand. Oh, yeah. Always have it on hand. You bet. If you have questions about the dosage, you can talk to your veterinarian as to how much to give your dog should something like this happen. But one of my dogs in years past was allergic to bees. Uh, she'd been stung. And when you're allergic, for those of you who don't realize it, the first sting is not the one that causes the problem. That's where the body builds up the antibodies. It's a subsequent stings, and each one can get worse. So Ursa had been stung. It hurt. She got mad. Then she started snapping at bees. And we were on a picnic one time when she snapped at bees, obviously caught one in her mouth and got stung, and her mouth started to swell. Well, that's really the dangerous because... The airway can swell mm -hmm. shut, just like with Keely. Mm -hmm. uh, luckily, I had Benadryl at hand. We got it in her really, really quick. And uh, the Benadryl took effect before her airway was, was threatened. Which is uh, two good points. One, one of the reasons that bees are so much more dangerous to dogs, for a lot of ways, that body size is smaller mm -hmm. um, when they do get stung. Two, the dogs tend to snap at the bees and get stung in the mouth or around the mouth making it get into their bloodstream that much quicker. And threaten their airway. Yep. And then, oh, and on the Benadryl, there are now, by the way, dissolvable gel strips. Yes, and yes. I have those in yes. hand. I do too. And you can, if for your dog, mm -hmm. you can take those, depending on the dosage your veterinarian recommends, one or two perhaps, and put them, the recommended place for a dog is to put them under the dog's tongue. Now, they don't taste good. <laughs> <laughs> Having used them myself with my allergies, <laughs> they don't taste good. So you may have to forcibly keep it in there. Don't get bitten. <laughs> mm -hmm. But you may have to work to keep it in there. But um, they dissolve very, very quickly. So let's continue insects. How about some other dangerous insects? Fire ants. Oh, I hate fire ants. <laughs> <laughs> In my youth, I was caddying on a golf course for my father. He hit into the rough. I sat down on a stump oh. while he was searching for his ball. 
Yes, and even though I was at that embarrassing age of about 13 or 14. I bet you stripped. I ripped <laughs> off my shirt and I was screaming. They were all over me. Oh. Welts. Yeah. Oh. This was in South Carolina, so they are more common in the South. I have been told that they have moved into Southern California. Oh, Lord. But um, They followed me. Yeah, it's your fault. <laughs> they do not go past the freeze line. So those of you in the northern parts of uh, the United States aren't going to be bothered by them. But all of us who live in the Sunbelt states, uh, they're moving. They also have been known for killing pets and livestock. They swarm and they bite and bite and bite. The other part about insects with dogs is that they tend to stay there and fight the insect rather than run away from them. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yep. Fire ants, I haven't had any personal experience, but my thought is get them off your dog, call your veterinarian right away, and then definitely call pest control about taking care oh, of them. Yeah. Definitely. I was, um, there was a blog from a, an obedience club in Florida, and they apparently were being filmed, and they had to work in this one area. So they ended up spraying um, insecticide on the dog's feet, like off. Uh, Sure. Or something oh, like that. As long exists, as you yeah. don't let the dog lick it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. That I'm I'm assuming that probably some of the gentler, more natural pest controls probably won't work. The ants probably go yeah. right through it. I don't mind. It's a good reason to move away. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and then of course there's ticks. Boy, ticks are are carrying more and more diseases. They're one of those little insect pests. Are there any good reasons for ticks to exist. Does ticks anything eat them? You know, they live on blood and therefore they transmit everything that's blood-borne. So oh. fleas and ticks. Uh, Between Lyme disease and Rocky Mountain spotted fever and, and a variety of other diseases, ticks are horrible. There are preventatives that usually prevent fleas and they do have some residual effect on ticks. When my dogs are out in brushy areas, I play like a monkey and go through their coat inch by inch <laughs> oh, with the fingernails on. and just get those boogers off. When my husband and I lived in Virginia and we did search and rescue dog training in the, in the forests of Virginia, which are absolutely gorgeous, I remember one day we came back and my husband and I and both our German shepherds were just crawling with ticks. I put all four of us in the shower at the same time. We lathered all four of us down with insecticidal soap. It was supposed to be used for dogs, not people. I don't care. <laughs> I have freckles. When you have freckles that are crawling, <laughs> it's absolutely disgusting. You know, it's hard enough to take them off of dogs. I can't imagine one on me. Oh, I haven't. Had that, but I would just probably freak. I was picking them off. freak. I was picking them off Paul while he oh. was picking them off me while we were oh. picking them off the dogs. It was disgusting. And they're crawling up the shower wall. Oh, I never, ever forget that. I'm itching now. <laughs> yeah, what you can't see over the podcast is Liz just scratching <laughs> like a great big ape. Yeah. Oh. Absolutely disgusting. Well, let's talk about how to remove ticks, too, because there's so many bad advice, so much bad advice out there. Well, the first thing you don't want to do is squeeze the tick, because that's going to force blood from the tick back in under the skin. And if the tick is carrying disease, that's going to increase your chances or your dog's chances of, of getting it. I love the old uh, 
blow out the match head and put it on the tick's butt. Oh. To get him to back out. I never found that to work. No, no, no and I've bye. always been a little worried about burning the dog. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's the Vaseline trick. When uh, I worked for the veterinarian, that was a big one. Put a dab of Vaseline on in the, the tick will suffocate. But that never seemed to make much sense because the tick's head's in the right. skin yeah. sucking blood. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So he's and, got a nice greasy butt. <laughs> and by the time you've given up waiting for it to back out and you try to pull it out, now you've got this He's slick, greasy and slippery. Yeah. yeah. Like a grease pig. I saw a, uh, a little gadget that was advertised that looked like it had a little V. It was a plastic with a V. Oh, yeah. You've seen you seen that... Um, the pet stores and Almost stuff like now. a little spoon. Little, yeah, yes. a little spoon. Scrape, uh-huh. scrape it uh-huh. along the skin, catch the tick, and pop him out. Yeah. But no, you're supposed to twist. According oh, to is that what it is? Is twist? But you get under, under the body, and then and twist. get the neck of it in the V. Okay. And then come out in a spiral. Ah, okay. I'm sorry. When I find a tick, that's what fingernails are for. Well, exactly. <laughs> The good news on it is if, if there is any squeezing and things go around, at least your fingers aren't there. Yes, yes. And for yes. those that are a little more squeamish about touching it. <laughs> I take great tool. pleasure in pulling that sucker out and dropping him in alcohol, yeah. which is don't flush him down the toilet because most of them live and then they're just downstream. So put them in alcohol. Actually, or some squish them. Well, some pets do recommend that you keep it. Just in case your dog does develop some problem later on, they can test the tick. I don't know why. Here's my pet tick. Yeah. <laughs> His name's Dot. I'm sorry. That flick's not that that tick's not gonna last long enough. They can examine the tick that's in the alcohol. Isn't there a superhero the tick? Oh, jeez, I don't know. <laughs> oh, you said God. it in all capitals like that. And then, of course, there's fleas. My husband and I had a cat named Flea years ago because he was brown. And when he was a kitten, he jumped around like a bug. (laughs) And he moved into a house with two German shepherds. And and in that time, we said, well, all dogs have fleas, so there's flea. Um, He lived 16 years. He was an awesome therapy cat, but he went through 16 years with the name of Flea. He was a great cat. Yeah, he, was. he was a really great cat. He was a cool cat. Thankfully, today there's so many preventatives that make having fleas or eliminating fleas so much easier. Mm-hmm. I know my dogs are on preventatives and and they work wonderfully. And they have a new one that came out. I was at the vet just uh, last week, and I can't remember the name of it, but it's now it's a monthly. Um, it's like the version of Advantage, but it's an oral. So the people who don't want to put anything on the oh, skin the on the outside, stuff? they can actually give an oral tablet to the dog. And something had just come out, so you have to check with the vet. I can't remember the name of it. Um, but it, it, when I talked to my vet about it, my question to her, which she was going to check into, is is this tablet that's the internal version of Advantage mm-hmm. that you take, does it work as well uh, together or um, with um, Sentinel? Oh, for the heartworms. Yeah, which she's going to check into. I said, can you give both of these tablets to a dog once a month? Is there going to be any toxicity Uh problems or any side effects? We looked at the the brochure and nothing was mentioned on there, but she was going to make the call. Sometimes when the new products come out, I I like to wait a little bit and see what the... Yeah, and that was one of the things I asked her. I said, have you heard anything on it? She says, you know, we've only carried it for two months now and I haven't heard 
good nor bad. So sure. she can't say it's working, but hoping it does because people, especially people or families with children. Oh, definitely. They'd rather give something internal Well, for the I have to admit, external. when I put the advantage on my dogs or cats, you have to wait a, a, at least 24 hours to scratch them behind the head because you get all yeah greasy yeah. and nasty. Yeah. And if you're doing therapy dog work, that's exactly. a definite downside. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, but it is much easier to control fleas nowadays, and and oh, that's wonderful. Every now and then, I worry about the toxicity of long term of giving insecticides internally or topically. But, but then I remember all the hours well, as a vet tech that I used to give lectures about the fleas. And oh, how to we get used rid to spray the backyard and spray the house and bomb the house and dip the dog and spray the dog and. And how many and, dogs that came in? They were actually or in cats anemic. Oh, on the yeah, right. sure. Oh, please. So mm-hmm. in the balance, I think my dogs are much healthier today, yeah. even taking the, the the things that we have today. And I, I do feel better not spraying my house all the time and not right. spraying the backyard all the time. I always, I was always concerned about all those insecticides. Yeah. Well, and then having tile like you do, I have sure. carpet, so we're still fighting it. The oh, tile is so much better than carpet. The, the tile was a wonderful choice. Mm-hmm. Wonderful choice. Uh, both for my allergies and for, for other things. Okay, now, so that's talked about a lot of insects, but I noticed Kate wrote a little note here. Leeches. I, I think I was casting my mind back to being in South Carolina. Oh, I remember them in Virginia. There you go. Oh, I hated those damn things. Uh, I don't think they got on the dogs, though, with... The hair coat. I remember them on Paul and I. Yeah, I remember them on me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh... I think with the dog's hair coat, I don't think they were as apt to get on the dog. Well, you're talking shepherds, too. But oh, maybe, German uh, shepherds. Oh, maybe a Doberman pincher or a German short hair pointer. That's a possibility. Yeah. Definitely, if you live in an area of the south where it's hot and humid and leeches are, <laughs> are a natural pest... <laughs> I certainly look into it. Glad Here in Southern there. California, thankfully, mm-hmm. we don't uh, have to deal with that all that often. And actually, the good news is they don't carry anything. They just make you squeamish. Oh, they're like a giant slug that's attached himself to suck your blood. Okay, Petra's going to puke now. That's just nasty. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay, let's move on to something Petra can talk about. How, how about plants? I mean, there's oh, yeah. a lot of plants out there that are a problem for dogs. Yeah, and I think my number one issue is foxtails, the darn things. I don't know if I can vacuum up my whole, what was it, two acres? Well, if I could vacuum all up and get rid of the foxtails, I'd be so happy. I could see Petra out there with a big shop back. <laughs> Oh, God, I hate those things. No matter how well, let's talk funny. about what a foxtail is. Yeah. A nuisance, annoying. Well, I'm always surprised when somebody in the class, in one of my classes, says, I don't know what a foxtail is. I can walk three feet away, pick one, and bring it back. Here it is. It's yeah. a grass seed. It's it's the seeds of, of grasses that has a sharp, pointy, barbed end at one end and little wings at the back. And it only moves in one direction, should it get in your dog's coat. Yeah. Think arrowhead, but fluffy. Many, many, many small little arrowheads. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Teddy's had a horrible problem getting them in his feet. Oh, I know. I mean, all my dogs, Teddy's a lush coat shepherd. You'd think he'd have his feet protected, but no. No, he probably got all them. that lush coat uh, grabs it. But the Aussies are fine. I have no problem with, with, with them, nor the palm. 
So, but Teddy, yeah, I literally every day, and and if I miss one or it gets in during the day, we're sitting there trying to squeeze it out. But uh, with um, uh, tweezers, every evening, all four feet between his pads and plucking Poor out. Teddy. Oh, yeah. So he's indoors a lot. He's with us just to keep him from, you know, running around the yard. And he loves to run, but we, not now. Not while yeah. not so dry. All right. We need to make him some waders. We <laughs> booties. Booties. We need booties. Yeah. Well, they sell booties for dogs. Yeah, That's so certainly I'm, a good idea. At this point, where I might get them for him. Yeah. Sure. But so, then, you know, and it's not just in their feet. You can get in their coat. Like, uh, I just shaved my Aussie because he's got such a thick coat. Liz and I both have heavy-coated Aussies. And uh, you saw the foxtails oh, that yeah. were, just were not embedded yet, but they were in his coat. Well, remember a couple years ago when uh, we came back from a camping trip and I shaved Kona's brother, Riker, yeah. the heavy-coated Aussie, and found one that had gotten in his coat on his side, was headed into his rib cage. And when I pulled it out, it was about already about a half an inch into him mm-hmm. and was working in. And that poor dog never cried, never whimpered. You'd think that would hurt every time he moved. Yeah. But luckily, I found it. And, uh, and that's with a dog that gets brushed on a regular basis. Oh, I know. So they're very scary. Uh, when I worked as a vet tech, we would have dogs come in that the foxtail would get in between the pads of the paw and would literally work themselves through the foot coming out the top of the foot or working up a leg. Mm-hmm. The ones that would go through the chest wall or between the ribs could get into the internal organs. They just, every time the dog moves, one of those little barbs grabs and it moves. And then the dog yeah. moves and a barb grabs and the foxtail moves and so on. And they worked their way through the dog's body, creating horrible, horrible, horrible mess. I remember a surgery when I was a vet tech with a golden retriever. It had gone into his side and then into his abdomen. Ah. And they don't show up on x-ray. No. No, they don't. So we had to do exploratory surgery and just yeah. follow the winding path of destruction. Oh, oh. Yeah. That awful. poor dog. Everything it went through. Yeah. But then, actually, the most common are probably in the nose. Well, between the pads is the most common. But next is ears, ears. and nose. Ears and nose, yeah. yeah. And Katie mm-hmm. next door with, her, with Lily, the Jack Russell, got in her nose. Your dog to go there and sneezing. And that did knock her out. Uh, any blood at all, get them in quick. Oh, oh yeah. definitely. Uh, and in the ears, pawing at the ears, scratching at the ears, crying without an obvious sign of infection. Mm-hmm. An ear infection smells bad and looks nasty. It's red and goopy, and, and you can tell I'll, just by looking and smelling. But a foxtail in the ear, the ear may appear relatively clean. And that was Jasper. But See, the, we live where foxtails are yeah. just crazy. But the dog will be pawing and scratching and whining and rubbing at that ear. Well, Get him in. to the eardrum. It hurts. Oh, sure. And can puncture the eardrum. Yeah. So foxtails are nasty. Um, burrs, the burrs from clover, uh, they're oh, yeah. not quite as bad as foxtails in that they don't invade the body, but they'll grab onto the fur and the fur will keep grabbing onto that, that mm-hmm. burr until you've got this big, hard, nasty mat. And if the burrs get in the feet, the dog's limping, they hurt. Or the one <laughs> that's just as bad as goat heads. Oh, those oh, are horrible. Gosh. Those you don't are... go very far with those in your pet. No. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. Uh, one of our 
one of our trips was it the trip to Arizona. I think we went somewhere where there was some there goat, was some goat heads. heads. Yeah, and yeah. Bashir stepped on one. Oh boy, he's 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 not a big baby, but boy, that foot come up. There was a yipe and. And, oh, I hated to pull that thing out because then it's trying to stick to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Try to get out of your dog it's on your finger. It's like it's a piece of cactus. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, I hate those things. Uh, speaking of cactus. <laughs> yeah. Go camping out in the desert around here. If you live in the desert areas, I'm sure you're familiar with cholas and the jumping cactuses. Oh. They don't yeah. actually jump, but you get close enough to them, and it feels like they've jumped on them. And, yeah. and they detach from the parent plant, and they're stuck to you, and every time you touch anything, they continue to stick, and oh, they're horrible, horrible. Um, but even just regular cactus, from the itty-bitty tiny spines to the great big huge spines, on our trip to uh, Arizona, we were walking around avoiding all kinds of cactus. Mm -hmm. Even in some of the higher elevations, it was kind of amazing how high the cactus will grow. But other uh, other plants? Well, there's the poisonous ones. Yeah, that's my, my favorite story. My mother went out one fall to gather pretty colored leaves to decorate her bridge club's table. Uh-oh, I yeah. see this one coming. Yeah, and those really pretty red leaves that belong to the sumac plant. Um... <laughs> So she gathered armfuls of the sumac and then laid them in the back seat of her car and took her dog along with her, by the way, to help her gather the sumac. Oh, <laughs> no. And actually did take them to the luncheon and put them out on the tables and then went home and just started uh, developing <gasps> the blisters and rashes and realized that she had picked the local equivalent of poison oak <laughs> sumac around here. So rushed back to the club and got it all off the tablecloth. <laughs> um, warned the people to pick up the tablecloth right away. Went home, scrubbed her car because she realized the oils had been transferred to the back seat. But who did she forget? She forgot her dog. Oh, oh. So, so did you pet the dog? He's Well, he's worse. He's running all around the house. He's transferring the oils to the couch, oh. to the bedspread. The carpet. <laughs> to the carpet. Doing oh, his yeah. terrier got on his back and rolled. He was a silky terrier. Well, did he, he come down with No, it? he didn't get any problems. <laughs> That silky terrier coat protected him, apparently. Well, from, and he might not be susceptible to it. Yeah. But he passed it all over the house, which is where, yes, I did get a mild case. <laughs> I, I've got a, a, a good oh sumac story. We lived in uh, a, a rural area. I was about seven or eight years old. My favorite thing as a kid to do was play cowboys and Indians all by myself. I'd be the cowboy and the Indian and the horse. <laughs> <laughs> The horse was most fun. I loved galloping and jumping and winning. So anyway, I was out playing one day, got tired, curled up for a nap outside under a bush. My dad came looking for me, stood about 20 feet away, screaming at me. What? I'm just taking a nap. Get out of there. You're in poison sumac. <laughs> I didn't get it. Knock on wood. Apparently, I wasn't allergic to it. I'm allergic to lots of other things, oh but not it. But I, I think I took ten years off my dad's life. <laughs> 
I think he still thinks that because he still tells that story. <laughs> well, I wanted to talk about that oil because you may go hiking and you may tuck your boots, your jeans into your boots and wipe yourself down after you come back. But you might forget to wipe down your dog. Yes. Yeah. He's been tromping through the underbrush as you've been going along the trail. Yeah, the next time you pet him and scratch him, it's right on your hands. Put him in your car and Uh, take him home. Put him in the tent. (laughs) Sleeping bag. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we need to take a break. Hold on. We'll be right back and we'll talk about some more about the, the wild outdoors, both around your house and when you're traveling or camping. So hold on. We'll be right back. Sit. Stay. It's a doggy dog world. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Fluff your feathers, roll out your tongue, shine your fins, snap on your leashes, and grab your human. It's the Louisville Pet Lovers Expo. Two full days of pet-tastic fun that no pet lover should miss. Join us for shopping, the Barks and Couture Fashion Show, Dream Pet Wedding, Ultimate Pet Makeover, Pet Communicator, Rescue Me Pet Adoption, Service Dog Demonstration, and tons of fun contests. Bring your pets and join us at the Louisville Pet Lovers Expo, Saturday, September 27th, and Sunday, September 28th, at the Kentucky Expo Center. For more information, go to louisvillepetexpo.com. School's in session on Pet Life Radio with Teacher's Pet. Learn how to communicate with your pet, train your pet, and see the world from your pet's point of view. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Teacher's Pet. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're begging for more. So back to It's a Doggy Dog World with your fetching hosts, Liz Palaika and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Welcome back to It's a Doggy Dog World. We're talking about dangers that your dog might face in your yard, uh, in the wildlands around your house, when you're traveling, or if you're camping. So far we've talked about a lot of insects. We've talked about uh, things like uh, poison sumac and cactus and foxtails and burrs. There's some other plants, though, that uh, your dog may come in contact with that he's not familiar with. Mushrooms are one of those. Or fungus that grows in a rotting log uh, up in the forest, especially damp forests. Uh, Our dogs see a lot of uh, landscaping plants in our yards. 
but they may not see oleander or some things like that. So you have to be careful about plants too. Uh, if you're out camping, don't let your dog start to graze. No, yeah. Don't know what they're going to be grazing on. Who knows what they're going to be grazing on. Be careful so, about the stick that you throw for your dog. Well, that's true too. That's true too. Um, and in other areas of the country, other than Southern California, there's poison ivy, poison oak. Uh, those are just as, as dangerous as poison sumac, and uh, the, both have oils, just like poison sumac does, which can be a problem. So uh, basically, be knowledgeable of your area. If you're going camping, ask the park ranger uh, what some of the dangers are in the area. If you're moving to a new region, talk to a veterinarian, talk to your neighbors, uh, learn to recognize the plants, learn to recognize the problems. In your own area, talk to the local nursery, the no local plant nursery. They usually have a pretty good idea of what plants are around and which ones are dangerous. And of course, your veterinarian's always a good uh, reference. Now in our next show, we're gonna talk about wildlife. Uh, and that doesn't mean partying. And that's not the parties. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's talk about spiders and scorpions and, and Snakes lions, and, bears, oh my. yeah, lions and yeah. tigers and bears. Oh my, Patris, well, that's gonna be a fun topic. Snakes <laughs> and spiders. Patris cringing already, <laughs> but coyotes, alligators, uh, hawks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's uh, there's and a lot the of ever present skunk. Yeah, yes, and the, the ever present skunk. Yes, there's a lot of dangers out there, um, and and they can be a problem for our dogs. But that'll be our next show. So I hope this has been an informative show for you. I hope you've learned a little bit. And I hope you just take a little care when your dog's outside with you. Enjoy the outdoors. We do. We travel. Oh, yeah. We go camping whenever we can. But you can do so and take a little care. So that's it for this show. Signing off. I'm your host, Liz. With I'm your patron. Petra. Bye-bye. And Kate. Bye from Kate. <laughs> and we'll talk to you next time. Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author Liz Palaika. Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com.